0: Hello and welcome to Sugar Silk and Stretch, a unique boxing podcast brought to you exclusively by Ace Podcast Nation. My name is Ben Doughty, and I can't tell you how glad I am to be joined by my good friend and former three-time world title challenger, Mike El Ciclone Ayala. How's it going, Jim?
2: All right, sir. Happy to happy to be on and uh, to be on your show, and good to see you again.
0: Now, before we start, Mike, and, and commence with the main business of the afternoon, stroke evening over here. I got to apologize to for, for the for the absence of Silk right now, and I and I've got to take the rep for it too, because I told him accidentally it was 5 p.m. EST today when I meant 4 p.m. EST. Thing that slightly threw me off is because it's 3 p.m. where you are, which is called CST, right, Mike?
2: It's yeah, Central Central Standard Time. is 3 p.m. right. So and then and then East and then uh, Silk is Eastern, and your uh, English, you know, is six hours ahead. Yeah, exactly that. So the the
0: reason why the silk isn't here, I've communicated with him and I hope he's gonna join us as soon as possible. But I didn't want to keep Mike waiting. Here comes the silk now. There we go. Here he comes. Uh one second. Add him to that stage. Here we go.
2: There Mr.
0: Is. Day, just talking about you. Sorry, sir. I got a little confused.
2: Thank
0: you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, get, get get your audio sorted out, please, sir. We want to hear your dulcet tones. You see, he's frozen there, Mike. He's just frozen. Are, are you cool, Silk?
2: Yeah, he's there.
0: You need to enable your microphone, Mr. Silk. Enable your microphone, please. So this is on him. I, I'll take the blame for him being late. That was my fault, but this is his fault.
1: Let's be clear Hey. Okay?
0: You're good. you That's the Elijah Day that I know and love. I can hear him. He's not mute. You're going to have to sign or something like that, you know. Um, yeah, Mike, no, no. no. I had, I had another
1: program on. I had yeah. uh, something else was talking. I couldn't hear you guys. You haven't missed
0: hey. the damn thing because we only just started. Um Don't worry about the introduction bit. We've surpassed that. People know who you are. The world knows who you are. I want to ask Mike first. Let's give Mike an opportunity to speak first. The silk has got one over on me again, Mike, because I I thought Sonny Edwards, uh, I had a lot of faith in, I was a bit probably too emotionally attached to him because I've known him since he was a young amateur. Yes. I thought he was going to step up and go to the next level and it would be a defining night for him last night. It was the other way around and it was a defining night for Jesse Bam Rodriguez. I was under no illusion to how good Rodriguez was, but I guess I didn't th- think he was quite that good. Um, you're from San Antonio yourself and I know you've been aware of him for a while. How did you assess the performance?
2: Oh wow! Uh, I had followed, and I was the same way with you. I was, uh, I was, you know, I heard a lot about Sonny Edwards, and I thought it was going to be a great fight, and it was a great fight until he got caught. You know, uh, see, boxing—you got to understand—is uh, is like a chess game. You know, like when you when you're playing um, when you're playing uh, uh chess or whatever. You know, you're going to have difficulty, but once Bam hit him, and uh, you know he hurt him, and and. uh that's when the class came through and that's when legends are made. When two great fighters fight, one will rise and one will, you know. And but Sonny Edwards, my hat's off to him for gameness. Where he got fought, you know what I mean he, he got hurt, got caught, and he tried, but you know, he was dead game. But um Ben Rodriguez, a star has risen. He looked very good, very impressive. It was a great fight.
1: Mr. Silker. Okay, so first of all, before we go any further, Ben, I feel there has to be a deeper acknowledgement of the, the uh, especially the last two fights, which I've called. Last night I said yeah. it would be a late round stoppage. And the fight before that, I said... No, you didn't.
0: Last night you didn't say late round stoppage. This last night, you didn't. You said on points. Because I said, what if he stops him? Are you still right? You went, yeah, yeah, I'm more right than you. So don't don't come with that. You did not say and that. Then, then, and
1: then don't also forget the fight before that. I called Fury getting knocked down but still winning.
0: Are we still talking about that, Silk? Are we, Mike? I told Mike, you how in his relationship is degenerating. I'm
1: pretty much his Nostradamus. You know, I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm
0: pretty Silk, Silk. T- you can have your flowers, okay? You can have your flowers. Don't yeah, push well, it too then, far, because you, to you know. Them to me.
1: You have to give it to me. You can't just like da, 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 and then you went on to you know something else. I barely get an introduction, nothing, and then all of a sudden you just like you know you feeling undervalued. Philosophical about something else. I I feel I deserve more than that.
0: Okay, got, let me take it from the top. We've got a running scoreboard, okay, Mike. Uh, we predict fights, and we have a running scoreboard between myself, Michael, and Gary Stretch, our other co-host. Um, now at the minute, I am I've seven predictions. I am four and three. I've got four right and three wrong. The silk is absolutely flying. Out of six predictions he, he's made on the show, he's gotten five right and one wrong. And to be fair to him, the one that he got wrong, he was actually messing around by his own admission. He went out on a limb for fun and he picked Charlo over Canelo. I don't think he fully believed it. He just wanted to play devil's advocate. So really, he could be 6-0 and oh right now. Um, I have a feeling he'll end up 27-5 at some point, but we shall see. See what I did there?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, now thank you. I appreciate that acknowledgement. You know, this fight last night, I mean yes, it was a great fight. both of them have great heart, both of them have great ability or a, a excellent ability. Um, this is the classic example that I write about that I wrote about my um, system system by silk meanderings. Like being like being able to box and being able to fight are two different things. Yes. They're not one and the same, right? Boxing is kind of like superficial. You can technically execute things the way you're supposed to, or the way your trainer wants you to. But Mike, as you know, like when you get into a fight, it's about it's about your instincts. It's about your emotions. It's about um, understanding what this guy's coming back at you at, and, and instinctually you're able to reflex and, and stop his role. You know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. That's not where Edwards was at his at his strongest. He he just wasn't. You know what I mean? And that was quite unfortunate because, I mean, he's absolutely likable. I love his energy. I love his fight style. You know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. But there are a number of things that we should get into actually on Edwards, which I think prevented him from really winning the fight. And one of them was, you know, as talented as he is. Edwards people don't know what they have in Sonny. I don't believe so. I don't think they know how he works. Like how to, how to use how, – how he could use himself best. They it's can't... interesting
0: you say that because his coach, Grant Smith, has been with him a few years, and he's gotten a lot of plaudits for what he's done with Sonny and the relationship they have together. Yeah. And he, Some people said he's a very underrated trainer because he doesn't – he's not an ego guy and he doesn't mm-hmm. call the limelight like some coaches do. Sure, now. Yeah, yeah,
1: there's a lot of But guys... it's
0: interesting what you say.
1: But, but what I'm saying is they can't program the kid to his ability. Like I see him as having a lot of ability <laughs> – but i'm not sure he's he's getting the right programming and they pretty much allow him to do like to me on the outside looking in he looks like a guy that does what he wants the way he wants to do it i don't yeah. think his trainer t- i don't think his trainer tells him listen drop your hands and you know shake your face in front of him and slip over to the side and and i don't think his trainer tells him to do that um what i think if i can put my two cents in i think that edwards
2: Edwards' uh, management underestimated uh, Rodriguez. I thought they were going to come in and they were going to, you know, instead of uh, boxing trying to see, feel the fight, they went right in and tried to mix it up with Bam. And once Bam caught him and hurt him, I think it was a a mistake. When when, uh, they tried to, uh, I guess, try to bully Rodriguez, try to get him, and Rodriguez was... The, that was their plan: fight inside, counter. And Rodriguez is a good boxer. He can counter punch, faint. You know what I mean? And, and but he can hit. That's why they call him Bam. You know what I mean? Bam Bam you know, he has power. And uh, but I think, but I think uh, uh, the the Edwards' uh, uh, management team underestimated Bam. I think.
0: Yeah, well, I could you know, be wrong. Some people are saying he fought the wrong fight, Michael and, and Mike. Yeah. But I've got Mike, I've i think got I- two schools of thought on that because have you ever boxed with someone? I want to ask you this, Michael, because I think you were, well, Michael was a good boxer as well, a good counter puncher, but I see you more as a mover. So can I ask you, did you ever box with somebody that you might have thought that you were going to dance and move on, but you realised because they were good at certain things that you couldn't run from them? Because you were actually giving them a more momentum and you felt you had to stay there with them a little bit rather than give too yeah. much ground. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: yeah, there are there are certain parts of that that ring true that it but it's it's almost like it it it's that sways within the three minutes. It's like there's times when you can and there's times when you can't. There are times true. when you have to really like, you know, plant yourself and make this guy know make this guy feel you, and then there are times when you shouldn't be doing Not that. Either. And those are all in the moments of, you know, that all happens within three minutes. Is that like, uh, like how of course I would say, shifting tides, ebb and flow. That's what happens in boxing. And that's the guys who really know how to fight, know how to go with the flow. They know how to read their opponents and their opponents intentions. And they need to, and they, and they know their own abilities. They're honest with their own abilities and know what they can do. Now this kid uh, to me, Edwards, he isn't a defensive wizard. He has great footwork, but mostly when it doesn't count. Okay, so this is the first time I really watched him his, his whole fight. Great footwork, beautiful footwork, but when it doesn't count, he's moving when he doesn't when he doesn't really. Absolutely. Move. He 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 should be moving when this kid is punching at him. That's the time to move. And, and great
2: analysis, Michael. Great analysis. You're right about that. And he wasn't blocking properly either. The black hats and shots and counter. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know that was good. Do you know what?
0: I think a true defensive master, I've said this before when we've spoke about boxing, obviously, Silk, that a tr- it's great, It's one thing having great legs and great reflexes and a little bit of flash about you, a little bit of swagger. But true great, def- true defensive geniuses, for me, have got the three levels. They've got the feet, they've got the hands, and they've got the upper body movement from when they're not moving on their toes. And yeah. and that's where you see a guy like James Tony being a defensive master because yeah. he had all those aspects. Whereas, you might you might have great legs. And so that allowed might... him
1: to go from middleweight to heavyweight. If he didn't have that head movement, there's absolutely no way he would get to where he was. And, and people were
0: saying that Edwards wasn't blocked. The thing that I think might have surprised Edwards to a degree, or, or, or was certainly a factor, was that as well as being obviously the vastly more powerful fighter, um, that, that Bam could match him for speed, and, and, and his jab in particular, was catching Sonny, and a few people have said to me, Why was Sonny trying to move out the way? You know, why is he trying to push away from the jab? Why didn't he try parrying the sap or jab? You know, blocking it like Mike was. Yeah, he just- didn't
1: catch it, he didn't parry it. Well, yeah, listen, Edwards is a reflex fighter, and he's and he out reflexes a lot of guys, but he didn't fight a reflexes fighter fight a reflex fighter's fight last night. Yeah, I mean like like Mike was saying, uh, you know, like Mike Ayala was saying, he's like he was staying there with the guy. And there was no reason right. to do that. And and only like you when you're hard headed, you feel like, okay, you know, maybe you've talked so much in the in the build up and you actually begin to believe that hype, and then you you make it you make that your stance. You fall upon that sword, and that's the worst thing you can do. Sometimes like as fighters, we convince ourselves the wrong things. You know what I mean? We don't believe... Exactly. This. Yeah, we don't believe the strengths of the other guy. And any strength they have, yeah. we think we're stronger than them anyway, especially if you're undefeated. Do you know they what? Only... I remember
0: Gary Stretch. Gary Stretch is the other guy who's usually on the show, Mike. And, and he fought Chris Eubank back in the day, 30-odd years ago. In a build-up, right, Michael, Gary did an interview with with ITV uh, a few weeks before the fight. And the, mm-hmm. the, the journalist who ever interviewed him rather gently suggested, well, he's a rather big puncher, isn't he, Gary? And Gary just said, you know, full of cocky, cockiness and swagger. He just said, he'll have to be. He'll have to be. And, you know, and that was, that was the end of it, you know. And it, that's yeah, like yeah. the mentality you're alluded to, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. You know, and technically, I don't think he was getting his body behind his power punches. And if a puncher doesn't respect you, he will disrespect you. That's exactly.
2: Very well said. You got to hit it, you know, you got to have the fighter respect you. I mean, yeah. got hit, and what happened was that uh, Sonny couldn't wasn't banging hard enough and fighting the wrong fight because yeah. Sonny Edwards should have made adjustments, start boxing when he felt the power, and he didn't. Instead of he got hurt, and, a lot of times when I got hurt right away, my instinct was because we talked about it with my dad and stuff. You hold on, you hold, you block, you you regroup. What you uh-huh. do, and, and Sonny didn't do that. He yeah. was say he stayed in the mix. Got yeah. caught again. Yeah. Got hurt. Started trying to slug yeah. and got caught. And 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 the damage that he did, his eye was already closing. And uh, you know what I mean? It, it uh is you know
1: it took effect. You know, um, if you have his manager's number, because as he's getting his eye eye taken care of, you'll need to protect it. And I make eye patches. Oh yeah, do you want me to say
0: that? I think, I'm not sure how that would be construed if I get in touch saying my, my mate the Silk has offered to make an eye patch for Sonny if he needs to go another way. Listen, you
1: know. he 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 dresses like he 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 pays attention to his like decor and what he wears, so I could do something exactly customized for his look that he'd like. I guess done. you
0: could actually do a fighter specific service, couldn't you? For since orbital fractures seem to be becoming more popular these days in big fights, that could We're be killing the there.
1: Orbital fractures. <laughs> and, and this is one of the interesting things. I don't know. Listen, when I suffered my orbital fracture, I don't know, they really didn't do a lot of eye surgeries in those days. It was how it was. Was it over 30 it, years ago? Yeah, it was well over 30 years. Because that picture years. of you on Facebook was surrounded by all the chicks that you posted today.
0: When I, you said about 30 years ago, I thought, has he had the eye patch that long? Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've had it since um, like 1990, 91. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, so it it had been a while. I needed it longer before then, but I I actually started using it in 91. Um, The eye injury itself happened in 86, and I know that it's absolutely... a problem. And, and I don't know, like what happened with my eye, it got, tra- the muscles got trapped within the, um, uh, the an orbital fracture. And then the, that means the bottom of the floor has dropped and the eye drops in the socket. So they need to raise it back up in my day. When I got it done, they don't get them exactly, even the way nature does it. So it was just a little bit like this. So even though it's just microscopic like this, uh, uh, in my head, but with your eyes, when you're looking out, the difference is like huge. So yeah. I'm, looking, I'm looking, I'll see one of your heads here. Where am I? Uh, I'll see one of my heads here. And then I see another head of the same guy over there and off to the side. And so when punches are coming at you, you're like, do you slip the low hook or do you slip the high hook? You know what I mean? It's like, it's something that it's really it's
2: confusing.
1: Yes, absolutely. discombobulating oh. for a fighter, and and especially when fighting is like instinctual. Like I mean, not only instinctual, it's immediate. Like you, you, re, your reflex is so important. And and I'm not the kind of guy that absorbs punches, and I don't think Sonny is the kind of guy that is an absorber either. Somebody who's built, Next, like, somebody who's built like uh, like Marvin Hagler and Iran Barkley <coughs> and James Toney. They're thick. You know what I mean? They're built for that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, with the size of neck too. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: There's all sorts of things going on. So, so I don't know if today they have those kinds of they can maybe get it back to exactly perfect, the way nature intended it. Very few yeah. things are that way. But if they can do it with eyes, then good on them. But I tell you, I, I think that any fighter that suffered an orbital fracture, even as recently as 10, 20 years ago, 30 years, thirty years from when I suffered it, meaning closer to today to today. I, I think there's always going to be a problem if that – as long as he they... well,
0: – it, it, We've got an increasing amount of cases, certainly in the UK, in the last couple of years. But Daniel Dubois is said to have suffered an orbital fracture versus Joe Joyce a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah. Billy Joe Saunders three years ago against Canelo. Exactly. That injury was cited. And exactly. now Sonny Edwards um, last yeah. night. You know, So yeah. it does seem it, to be a problem. So what
1: fun. happens with that, Ben? So what happens is the, the force of the punch is so strong a lot of times when it happens that it pushes the eye back and down and, and it exploded. It, expl- it, it kind of like implodes within your skull, right within your eye socket. Wow. And, and, your, and your eye sits on a bunch of very like tissue, wet tissue paper, a floor of little bones, a, a, a little orbital uh, things. And what happens is that blows out and they call it a bombardier fracture. The eye drops in the socket. Yeah. But what the little muscles that move the eye, if they get entrapped within those bones – then it can't move. Like, it'll move a certain distance, then it won't go the rest of the way. And that's what creates the double vision.
0: Did you see when Sonny was getting some attention, I think it was just stitches to the cut, um, and he was lying he was lying flat on his back in the dressing room on one of those tables, and yeah. Bam went in to see him. And there was a lovely um, little cameo between the two of them yeah. where Sonny said, "Yo, I mean, he's talking in his white rude boy accent. I told you, about. he's like, yo, good fighter, man. Yeah, yeah, I swear again, you know, good fighter. So much respect for you. Then he said, but what I lo- what Sonny said that was really nice and classy, he said, obviously now you're going to push past me, but I would love to come and do some sparring, he actually said. He didn't yeah. say, I want to rematch You know, sometimes a guy gets beat out of sight, which I'm not saying he was, but sometimes a guy does get beat out of sight and he starts screaming rematch. And we're all yeah. like, are you crazy? Yeah. Sonny said, you're obviously going to push on now, and that's yeah. right and proper, as yeah. I would have done if I'd have won, mm-hmm. but I'd love to come and spar you. And I'm sure he means it too. Yeah, classy. And, um, very, and, classy very classy sensitive. and very
1: smart. Very and, strong.
0: and but yes, thank you. And then, and then, Bam said to him, "You know, I've got so much respect for you." And he goes, "And you're funny as fuck too." Bam said to him. <laughs> you know, because of all the banter all that week in a press conference. So that's nice to see, right?
1: Yeah. What do you think, Mike? Oh, well, I think it's good. You know,
2: they're fighters. It's not like we you know there's not a lot of hatred, or they got to hype up the fight. There were two complete gentlemen in there for the fight, and, it, and it's good to see. It's good. Sometimes, yeah. you know, the fight, you didn't have to hype the two world champions and the hype, the, the, the fight builds itself up. So I think it was very,
1: it was very, very nice. And the team did a great job of stopping at the fight at the right time. It was never yes. more perfect time because it was only going to get worse. One yes.
0: person over here of prominence, of some kind of Twitter prominence, accused Sonny of quitting. I mean, they had a bit of a beefies, pick. this guy's a former fighter who's British champion, and his notoriety is based on the fact he was a former soccer player who, who turned professional as a boxer rather late and ended up who winning the that? title. Huh? And he said, you quit. In the biggest fight of your life, you quit like a dog in front of the world. But mm-hmm. I can't find any sympathy for that, for that very emo- emotional biased um, evaluation, to be yeah, honest.
1: I don't right. That's a good. lie. Yeah. yeah. He, did, he didn't want to quit. This corner called, pulled the corner off. Pull the t- pull a plug on the event, and and I'm sure he would have went on, and he would have went out on his shield. He
2: would have gone. He he, he would have died in the. He would have died yeah. on the line. That's Sonny true. Edwards' is game. That's why yeah. I saw that he was already busted up, and he took a. You know, I, I'm into that. I'm into the fighter. You know, when I see a fighter quit and stuff like that, these guys did not quit. He was blasted, yeah. and he, he was in stuff. the fight.
1: Yeah,
2: and and the shot exactly he got hit
1: with. The shot that he got hit with that dropped him was hellacious. You yeah. can't get hit much harder than that. It no, was no, a just, wicked oh,
2: uppercut.
0: Short, southpaw. I, th- I didn't think it was an uppercut, Mike. I'm not yeah. sure. I There's thought a it was more punch. like that kind of driving in short. Oh, was it overhand
2: right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Left, southpaw. Uh, left hand, yeah.
2: Oh, another thing too. Uh, uh, I remembered. Thanks for bringing it up. The Both of them were southpaws. Well,
0: no. Sonny is not really a southpaw. He's a switcher. He time.
2: switches. He switches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but but he but he came out southpaw and uh, and uh, I realized because uh, I remember in my fighting days when two southpaws fought, my father used to say, "Well, you got to use the uh, you know a lot of the right hand, a lot of right
1: hooks." Yeah, when two left-handed fighters.
0: The left
1: yeah, they said yeah. there were ugly fights. They always said when you have two southpaws, it's going to be ugly and this, that, and the other. But that's only if both southpaws don't know how to fight. <laughs> they, Listen, what yeah, about yeah, that's not true.
0: Who was it, Clint Jackson? Back in the day, there were two. In uh, fact, the animal Fletcher and Clint Jackson had one hell of a fight. They're both yeah. southpaws. That wasn't some, um, you know, it didn't stink the joint
1: out, did it? Yeah, no, no. Anyway.
2: No, it just meant when people say that. Uh, uh, like the other fight with the classic. I thought it was, even though Senator Edwards didn't win, but it was the classic. And I thought there were two Southpaws. And I just think it just meant when people say, it's just like when people fight, when right handers fight left hand, some people say move to the right. That moves to the left. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, we, we speak about that quite a lot, Mike. Uh, Mr. Silk here tends to go against most of the cliches and most of the knee jerks. You know, everybody says move to your left against a southpaw and throw your straight right hand. He's like, no, move both ways and your left hook is your best bet. I believe that's what he, you know. Basically, to sum it best. up,
1: I mean, I, I just think the predictable, like after a while, southpaws have seen orthodox fighters for a millennia now and they know – that they're always going to come at them with a certain, with a certain. They know southpaws know that you're going to come at them and try to throw the right hand. And, and so that's all you're going to do. Then, yeah, then you better. Yeah, it's okay. predictable and it's done before. It's tired. It's not creative. And kind of it to the left or the right in boxing, you have to be extremely creative in the ring as as well as you know. Yeah, you got to
2: make changes because yeah, exactly like so says. You hear the guy's plan and they'll plan like like when I fought. You fought a, uh, when I fought a southpaw, we moved to my right, throw the right hands and stuff like that. But a lot of times it doesn't work that way and you got to make adjustments and you got to adjust. Yeah, and and then a lot of times, and like that, I fought southpaws and I would catch him with left hooks when they throw the right jab,
1: I would counter up the left hook. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? So, yes. so, so
2: you counter and you're using hooks and you're catching the guy and you hurt the southpaw. When I fought Ronnie McGarry, when Ronnie McGarry was the number one contender, I caught him with a counter right hand. But then yeah. when you know but then when you fight at uh, the South pass is that the same thing
0: yeah. remember we found the report of that in the end Mike because what what I remember is you told me on the phone when we started writing the book um, last year and you told me about the McGarvey fight just from memory and I described it in the book from your narrative then do you remember we we actually found the report when we went through all the all the treasure trove of and memorabilia you have at the ranch. And right, and the report, and I actually we actually found you'd misremembered something, and it was actually something else that had happened. But and I had to change it, I can't remember the details. I think you might have hit him with a left hook, you know, even though wow, you Mike, it was Mike. A right. Mike,
1: you you fought Mugabe, wow,
0: Mugabe, not Mugabe.
1: Oh, you no, that's not was a middle Mugave. Mugave. yeah. He said, Mugabe. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: no, Mugabe, Ronnie Mugabe. No. I sometimes,
1: oh, excuse McGarvey. me, I thought for
2: oh, okay. yeah, it's Ronnie Mugabe, from... yes, from, from Maryland. It's like yeah, I fought Tommy Hearns too. Yeah, as, as an amateur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Axel, an Tennessee. Yeah, that's yeah. Hot.
0: In the in the Golden Gloves, um, I believe it was the
1: the quarterfinal. Yes,
2: in the national quarterfinal nationals. Yes. And he yeah.
1: he was as tall as he was when he fought me. I'm sure. Oh, yeah,
2: he was tall. He was tall. What? Well, wow. And you know you imagine he weighed one nineteen?
0: Wow. That's yeah. Can cool. you imagine what a freak he must have been at that point?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know?
2: Real thin. Yep. But uh, uh him and manager were walking around. They thought they were going to take it. They yep. thought they were going to take you know that year.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> bet you would. Yeah, you yeah but... I mean, that's do, the funny thing. That, that you fight,
2: fight
1: Mike, do you me? have that fight? Excuse me. Do you have that
2: fight? No, no. I wish I don't have it in tape. I wish I had it. But the way I fought, I fought him inside. I was right there, just back in the body. I was hurting him to the body. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's, that's what yeah. happened.
1: If Is they had go, that fight?
0: If he had that fight, do you not think... I mean, having been around there and spent a week with him last year, do you not think I'd have come home with that t- with that tape, that CD, oh, yeah, whatever yeah, it was, but and you, I'd you have shown know, it to then, the whole world?
1: It may surprise you, but for, if for just one iota of a minute, I wasn't thinking about you. I'm sorry. I was thinking I'll, I'll, about I'll, Mike I'll, Ayala.
0: But do you not... <laughs> come on. It's, if he had that fight, the world would have seen it by now. Um, this is the thing. Obviously, a lot of stuff from that from that era is lost, you know. I mean, I, how yeah. much would you kill to see that fight, you know, my oh, I, mean, uh, so, I mean, there's
1: so much footage from the 80s and 70s that we don't see and it's yeah. mind-boggling. It's We're
0: crazy. lucky that we've got Hearns versus uh, Pryor in, in the amateurs. We've got that on tape. Yeah. But, but you know what? Yeah. It kind of loses its mystique. Once you've watched it 10 times, You almost preferred the situation when you hadn't seen it and then you watched it the first time. Do you know what I mean? That's
1: human nature, though, right? That's human nature. It's like once you've seen it, you can normalize it. And once you've normalized it, you can forget it.
0: In any case, my next point, Mike, um, because there is an argument that you were the most successful amateur fighter ever ever in the history of San Antonio boxing. Now, your friend Andy Pastran, who said to me before the fight, he said... Bam will stop him. He'll make him quit. And I said, just remember, you said that in thirty-six hours' time. So obviously, he ended up looking good. But what I saw, he posted on Facebook today, that he believes that that Bam Rodriguez will be either is already or will be the greatest fighter in San Antonio history. Um, well, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I agree fully. He he had reached started uh, startup, He other you know he he won this unification bout and. Uh, two champions and then he was successful. And it was great, it was like uh, a Crawford and Spence. You know what I mean? You have two big unification bouts, and uh, yeah. he rose to your occasion. And, and I firmly agree with, with Pastran, yeah. And I was gonna say that. He's, uh, you know, he's a superstar. And I think, you know, he's a great champion and, and he can box, he can do everything.
1: Well, what, what do, do you think, you, Michael? I what mean, do you in you terms of where goes I'm considering the fact that both of them, were they both under 20 fights or one was at 22 yeah. fights? and it, it, it's, Yeah, really
0: Bama's 20. had 19 now and Edwards has had 21 fights.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it seems really, really quite early in, in their Career. careers, their growth stage. They're still in, like, heavy growth stage. Um, you, you know, they haven't had enough experience experiences as the pro they they obviously can get better and they all the most likely will given their attitudes and given their love of fighting they'll get better but i'm not sure that um i can put them in that category yet just because like, well the- let's talk
0: about Bam. Yeah. i mean the winner you know the, the premise was the greatest fighter in san antonio history um you know
1: well who do we have to? who's there stevie cruz donald curry like who- no he
0: was from fort worth they were from fort worth
1: Oh, so actually, San Antonio itself in the uh-huh. city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, who was there? Like George Jesse German, James Lehart, uh, Mike Ayala, Tony Ayala Jr. Oh, oh, the Ayala brothers. Yes, that's right. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> so because, you know what? Because again, with Mike, Mike fought like legendary world champions. And you're yeah. talking about guys that haven't fought that yet. Said, oh, yeah, you know, I, I always uh, yes, the they have great potential. When you say you can say potential, then you can say actual greatness in terms of ability once you're on the other side of their career. But well, to- as
0: I always say, you always say ability, and I always say accomplishments. What with your ability, you know, that that's what ultimately defines it. What you actually did, and you know how your I resume sounds like a bit yeah, of, a, but, of But
1: then but accomplishments can be like, okay, I could win the WBC title. But I won it by beating
0: No, you know. gotta put it in, yeah, no, you gotta put it in context. Exactly that. Which is why, you see, when some people say that Katie Taylor is the greatest Irish fighter in history, and they mean both genders, here's the thing. Her her statistics and her accomplishments are better than anybody's, but you have to put it in context of the standard and who she beats and everything else. That's yeah. where that's why we gotta make that judgment in context. Absolutely.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: Finally. Oof. You make, out, you make out like I never agree with you. Like, never. It's like, that ain't true. I agree with
2: you a lot, and I big you up a lot, but you ain't getting away with some of that stuff. Uh, let me see There's Just in a commentary, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but they said uh, that uh, uh, Bam was supposed to fight, or they were taking a him fight, a fight in the, the, the flatway from Nicaragua. What's his name? Um,
0: Chocolatito. Roman Gonzalez.
2: Chocolatito, yes.
0: Yeah. Well, he's still around. That Chocolatito. Oh yeah,
2: and he won a title. You know, he's lost and won.
0: Yeah, so that's a fight there. He's already beaten that Rongvisai, the guy that beat Chocolatito, going back to 2017, um, a couple right. of times. But he's already that beat that guy. See, this is the thing that's interesting because you said this less. You said this Friday night silk. What you marvel at is the guy, a guy that can win super flyweight titles and actually go down to flyweight and be as effective. You were you were saying that in itself was quite. Or inspiring because you think if you've got to weigh in at 115 pounds and you can get down to 112, you think that must be in itself quite a task.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, and there's so little to lose, right? I mean, they're, they're, it's not like they have like a lot of mass that you can cut from or fat. But Mike used yeah. to do
0: it though. Mike boxed at featherweight and then he came back down to super bantamweight. Yeah, he...
1: I, fought, I fought featherweight, I fought super bantamweight,
2: and I fought bantamweight too. 118. So yeah. how? So
1: how do you? How do you do that, Mike? Like, was there a certain sacrifice, more sacrifice that you made? I, I find that hard to believe that you made more sacrifice because you'd always go 100%.
2: Well, it's funny because I was probably uh, realistically a bantamweight, but I fought I fought up to featherweight, you know what I mean, okay. at 126. But I guess uh, as I got older, like when I was with Victor Vaughn, when I went to New York, I fought uh, – Lee Cargill at 118. That was a bantamweight fight. Mm.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I they already uh,
0: fought Lopez for the featherweight
2: title. Right, yeah. for 126, yeah. And, uh, well, I, I fought Nicky Perez. Uh, uh, Victor I got upset when I fought, when I won the North American Championship in uh, in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, I weighed 118 pounds. And Victor told Dennis, we should be fighting bantamweight instead yeah. of uh, junior feather. Because I was coming in, you know, but then again, I was in better shape, more dedicated, watching what I ate, and, and I was taking better care of myself.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, well, you were an incredible fighter. I think these kids, you got to give them a little bit more time before they can get into that level and, yeah. you know, we'll go from there. But. Uh, well, I say Babs already world champion, and he proved it already. And I, the
2: reason I say that he's going to be a great I know, maybe I'm, I'm going ahead of myself, but um, he's only young. He's young, and uh, uh, also too. Hey, you got to give uh, Sunny Edwards, Sunny Edwards was blasting Everybody, I uh, before Sunny Edwards, I saw him in person. I was asking uh, Ben what kind of fighter he was because I was he was getting great press, and and uh, hey, he came in as a world champion, and you know, yeah, he got blasted, but he lo- look at the competition. Look what happened! He fought, you know, against another great champion, and and I think, you know, like uh, uh someone said, I think Bam is something special. I don't think he's just a regular champion. I think he's he's gonna be a legend.
1: I'm I'm um I'm not exactly sold yet on on him being great or like his uh, or potentially do I pretend to know how much ability he's had? Um, usually that happens when like you can really tell a fighter's uh, uh potential and the depth of their talent when they're tested by someone of equal or better ability. And there are fighters that have gotten away with that throughout all their careers. They they've been they've always been the A side on the talent. You talk about Floyd Mayweather like that. Well, I mean, if that's who you want to mention, okay. Yeah. so that's one I'm not. I'm guys. not.
0: I'm not coming at you. I'm. I'm. I'm kind of with you. I'm just saying that that's always your thing, isn't it? You say that Mayweather.
1: No,
0: if you can I'm, criticize I'm him it's no. on that basis, I mean,
1: there there are fighters that like. Yeah, I mean, you can use Mayweather as an example. That once. There, they always are the A side, and there's never been like an equal. He's never had that time where somebody said. Uh, well, Hearns and Leonard are both in their prime. And there's no way that – there. Are, 50% of the people feel like Leonard's going to win. 50% feel like Hearns going to yeah. win. But yeah. every time – Do you know the time, only
0: time Floyd was the best? Steps, in underdog? Every time
1: Floyd steps into the ring, 100% of the people say Floyd's going to win. Well, well, do you it know isn't, the only time it isn't because he was an underdog? It isn't because of his great talent. It's because you just know that he's not going to lose to this guy. Do you he,
0: know the only time he was an underdog?
1: In, no, in I don't.
0: Career. Have a guess. We both have a guess.
1: Um, one I would fight
0: against say... the underdog. Oh, uh, was mean... it
2: against uh, uh, the one that lost his life in the motorcycle accident? Uh, um...
0: No, not Corrales. People said people said it was Corrales, but I don't believe it was. There was another time no. he was, and, he, and you could say he wasn't the A side either. Oh, was it, it
1: Castillo? Was it Castillo? Uh, that's what I was going to say.
0: It's another yeah. Mexican American, more famous. Looks better in fishnets.
1: Oh, the La Oscar. Good. There you go. Yeah, but yeah, uh, well, Oscar, was Oscar wasn't on the Oscar wasn't on the um, upside of his career at that point, was he? What he was wasn't on point?
0: the downside. To be fair, so I understand what, why you would say that, and I think it's valid what you said. But he was the betting favorite, I believe. I will check it after the show, but I believe yeah. he was a betting favorite, and you yeah. could say he was had more leverage, commercial well, leverage. Well, sometimes,
1: sometimes a betting a betting favorite only means they're going to set the that's what they set the odds at to move the money. It doesn't Absolutely. mean they it doesn't mean yeah, yeah. it doesn't mean there's some expert in, in Las Vegas that knows who's gonna I win know, between I know. the two of them, right? But
0: but, but normally ordinarily the, the, there is a betting favorite is usually the, the the people look at the industry fancies as well. It's you don't normally get the industry roundly against one guy who happens to be a bet in favorite. That doesn't normally happen. To
1: well, be fair. With, that says a lot about the boxing uh, <laughs> yeah. About us in the boxing world too, you know. Did you know,
0: by the way, that you're one of Ellen K. Bromson's favorite threesomes? You're a part of that. We all are.
1: See that. Speaking of which, Ellen, Ellen asked me i I'm supposed to ask you a question. How many holes did it take to fill Sir Albert Hall?
0: Holes, not holes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I know. I know you'd prefer the latter, but the former.
0: (laughs) Um. I don't know, but that is a reference. I'm sure you know. That is a reference to the Beatles song, A Day in the Life. Exactly. And it says... um, And I said, if
1: anyone's going to know, Ben's going to know.
0: I used to be able to play that song. Um, And obviously, it starts up, I read the news today, oh boy.
1: Uh
0: 4,000 holes in Blackburn, Lancashire. I know the holes are rather small. They had to count them all. Now they know how many holes it takes to fill the Albert Hall. You, listen. Let me tell you something. I, I, I suspect Mike already knows this, but I'm going to tell you something because you are a little Ivy League silk in this regard. You can only get those kind of lyrics when you're taking hallucinogenic drugs. I feel I'm talking <laughs> to them. I feel I'm preaching to the mosque with Mike. Not so sure where you're concerned. <laughs> Is that fair to say, Mike? That's oh thing. yeah, it's definitely. It's like
2: it's like it's uh, like when you hear a Pink Floyd song.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, you never experimented with drugs, did you, Mike? Michael Elijah
1: uh uh no no No, he
0: hesitated though he hesitated no 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 i was just thinking
1: about like maybe there was some kind of like no no i haven't i remember nothing not marijuana not anything
0: because me because me and and my friend here el cyclone you know we (laughs) did we did the drinking and 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 the drugging thing a little more you know that kind of partying thing it's fair to say (laughs)
1: I'm sure that I'm. I'm sure the, I'm sure, I'm sure the uh, word cyclone wasn't didn't come that that title didn't come uh, easy. It, it came from a few experiences.
0: Yeah, well, they had the whole family, the whole Ayala family, all had their monikers and handles. There was El Torito, which was obviously Tony, the most famous and notorious yeah. member. There was yeah. El Ciclone the most successful member. Yeah. There was uh, El El Zerdo. De, de, El Zerdo de
2: Oro,
1: Sammy. Sammy.
0: And then there was also. Let me think. There was. There's one more there to, to be accounted for. Can um, I? Can
1: I please? Go on. El cuerpo de papi.
0: Yeah, that was. Where do you get that from, by the way? Because that was never <laughs> your. That was never your uh, ring name. But you call yourself no, that on Instagram.
1: No. no yeah, I know. That's who that was given to me by someone of uh, uh, Latin descent. Yeah, and it yeah. means yeah. you're the
0: daddy, kind of like a what? Uh, that,
1: no, not just any old daddy. Body daddy, like the daddy of your body. You know what I mean? El cuerpo de papi. Yeah. It's I,
0: I think most people don't even understand what that is. It just makes you harder <laughs> to find an Instagram. And while I'm on it, I want to ask you when you've got forty thousand goddamn followers on Instagram, why don't I send the reels of this show to you and you put them on there? That's the biggest audience we got.
1: Is I don't like hard? work. It's a lot of work. A lot of no, work.
0: it's not a lot of work. All you gotta do is post it. I'll do the work. <laughs> like I'm like like always, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sure, I bring the shine. You bring the the work. Okay. Hang
0: on, there's one other Ayala I'm missing. I've just said Mike, Tony, Sammy. And how about
1: a Paul Paul P- yeah, Paulie yeah, P- well, Pauli Ayala from
2: Fort Worth?
0: Yeah, Paulie. Yeah, well, Paulie Ayala from Fort Worth. Because a lot of people think Paulie Ayala, who fought Johnny Tapia, they think he's one of the Ayalas, but he's not. He, it's he, just got the same. Yeah, name.
2: no relation. No relation. He's Ayala, but no relation. He's from Fort Worth, and he's a great fighter.
0: Yeah, I mean, he did real good back in the day. You know, that, Johnny Tapia was a great fighter. Obviously, you know, he
2: was. Oh, uh, well, a legend, yes. But uh, you know, he—he, he, uh, you know, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. And, and and Ben, you know, addiction is tough. Addiction can be a—it's—it's it's one of the hardest opponents you fight. Just, it, you just—you gotta. Yeah, tough. and you gotta change your life. And you know, we changed it, but Johnny Tapia couldn't. You know what I mean? He couldn't. change he couldn't.
0: And this is the thing, Silk, you know when Iceman John Scully, who's a great guy and he's a friend of yours and mine, you know when he sounds off about addiction and he's a real hardliner and he's got no empathy, no sympathy, he can't relate to it. That's, I can't discuss that with Scully. We had a bit of a chat in Atlantic City about it, which wasn't entirely uh, fruitless. But online, I can't get into it with John because I just know he doesn't have any empathy for that kind of experience. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? It's a...
1: You know, empathy, yeah, empathy empathy is a, is a is a difficult attribute to come across at any point in anything in the world so a lot not a lot of people are, are very empathetic and understanding of people's issues and things that come along but once you do if you fall into an like you can fall into an addiction by accident and and they don't necessarily have to be like hardline drugs or anything it, it could be a, a behavior it could be anything
2: a it gambling a- it could be gambling it's it could be
1: behavior. Which blights your life in some way, yeah, yeah? and and, and because of that, you know. I mean, you know the story. I'm preaching to. The yeah, but
2: the people don't understand. an addiction is a disease, and it's hereditary. My father, my grandfather was an alcoholic. Mm. Okay, my father was 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 a was a womanizer. Addiction yes. and, and, and life, it happens, and it was passed down to our father. You know me. You know me. I had a gambling problem. I was an addict. I was a complete addict. And that happens, but the thing about it is, you know, when you you realize what you got and you and you beat it, and they can say whatever they want
1: to say about you, but you're not that way anymore, and yeah. that's the way it is. Yeah. Well, you know what? If I were to have one addiction, it would be womanizer. I choose that <clears> one. <throat> <level> of- <laughs> yeah, yeah, my I mean, father was that one over all of them. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: But the thing is, someone said to me. I don't want to be crude, but somebody gave me an interesting parallel about the differences between an alcoholic and a sex addict. Because, you know, sex addiction is a thing and they do have fellowships. They do have groups for people trying to overcome sex addiction. OK, yes. now, said, Okay. let me think about this. How is it defined when I'm a sex addict? He said, if I wake up in the morning and I want a bottle of whiskey or, or, or a can of special brew lager at 6 a.m. in the morning or 7 a.m. in the morning, then I'm an alcoholic. Right. But if I wake up with an erection and I want to have sex with my significant other, that doesn't make me a sex addict. Right?
1: No, so no a with of... a significant other, see, that's the thing. Yes, with, with a significant other, that's within the boundaries of a relationship, and that's all well and good. I don't know if that, I mean, I guess it can be an addiction if your significant other is like, oh, Jesus, not again. Yeah. <laughs> well, that or there was a
2: thing like a sex addict, like guys that had, you know, they buy porn, they buy, you know, Yes. Uh, pornography and you know, Precious. you know, with, with kids and all kinds of crap.
1: You know and, what I mean? Well, it prevents you from from social. I mean, from normal social interactions. Yes. Um, and, and behavioral traits and those kinds of things. I guess are the ones that make it. You know, they stifle your life. They stifle your creativity. They stifle it. Stifles your happiness. Yes all the rest of that kind of stuff. But I feel like right now we've gone way off the road of what I wanted to... Go we on, all man, bring us back. About. I wanted to come right back to Edwards again. And I wanted to Go. ask you guys, how do you put Edwards back together? Um,
0: I think there's fights out there for him for a start, Michael. There's definitely fights out there for him, particularly if Bam moves up again now, then Edwards should, would be in line for something. There's a big fight for him in this country against uh, Galal Yafai. Uh, but, isn't that, but
1: isn't that getting away from? Isn't that getting away from Edwards and what he needs himself? Are you that's talking? I mean, not I mean, so because, about the because fight. because okay, so the kid moves up, but I mean, he's not any better because he moved up. It doesn't mean in fact. I'm not
0: talking he, about him moving up. I'm saying if Ben moves up, Sonny can stay up. Fly no, away. no, that's
1: what I'm saying. If Ben moves up, then uh, okay, so that that clears the division for him, and he's going to be a better fighter from his experience. I
0: think he'll but, learn from it. Regardless, I think he'll make adjustments.
1: Um, I think he'll make adjustments, but he has to forget what happened. You
2: got to forget what happened. Uh, it's, it's impossible. Well, don't, don't forget what happened. What I mean is, uh, okay, I guess you know. Maybe he makes changes and, and maybe he can come back. You know what I mean? Maybe you know uh, his style. Maybe comes back and and after the rematch and now boxes him. You know, you, you it's it's hard to say. Maybe he had a bad night. Because you can't really, because uh, they both were undefeated. You can't really cut Sonny Edwards short like that. You got to give him, you get it. You got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you know what I mean? Now, if he gets beat again, because look, look, I, I know we're saying, well, well, maybe he didn't fight. Uh, he got blasted out. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't mean he's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. could have had a bad fight and, and come back. Look
1: mm-hmm.
2: at uh, why. Look at Errol Spence and Crawford.
0: Yeah, but Spence has not rebounded from that, and and I don't think he deserved. I don't think there should be a rematch, regardless of the, the clause. I don't think it makes any sense commercially to have a rematch.
2: And Spence, right. still, but, we still but, don't know what he, happened to Spence. Yeah, but 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 what is the difference between Errol Spence and Crawford and Bam and uh, and uh, 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 Sunny Edwards? Sonny Edwards, it was just he just got caught. It would, you know, I mean, but he, you know
1: he was in the fight from the beginning he was in a fight from the beginning but to me uh, with my untrained eye i saw this exactly happening like like the kid was just going to catch up to him because yeah. his his he lacked the defensive traits to keep that kid off him right like i if if i were going to put if i were going to say okay someone will say put this kid together Put him back together and make him seaworthy so he can go up against – he could fight this kid again or fight anyone else in the division because you know what's going to happen now. They saw him lose. They saw him on the canvas. Now that emboldens emboldens all the other fighters. All the other guys in that division, they feel like, okay, I see him on the canvas. I can put him on his ass. Right or wrong, they're now stronger because of it right he seen him lose so I, one i teach him how to move his head first first at, better than he moves his feet he moves his feet very well but again like we were saying earlier at the wrong time he needs to learn to move his head and not have a stationary target he, he doesn't catch punches like this and he doesn't and he doesn't slip punches so what he so what he does is he moves his feet and he moves in and out of range and that's all well and good but when you have a kid like like who he fought Ed, uh, Edwards is his head is always going to be there because you have fighters that can punch moving forward or punch moving back or punch moving to the side or yeah. like, like the kid did last night, he slipped and then made him pay. And, and you know what I mean? So, so I suspect hit, number one, he has to get his head movement down. Yeah. Give him a real defense. What, what he has is more smoke and mirrors, all that shucking and jiving and doing all that yeah. stuff and fainting and all. That's not defense. That'll cause your that'll that'll cause your opponent to hesitate. Okay, yeah. I understand that hesitation is a form of defense. But when the guy does decide to let go, what do you do? At that point, right there, on a scale of one to ten, his defense drops to a three at that point.
0: It's interesting you say that, and I can agree with this too, because one of my really good friends was out there supporting Sonny because he's very close to the Edwards family, Charlie Edwards being a world class fighter as well. And um, he was saying because Sonny looks so good, like the Nassim Hamed in his prime, but without the power on his way up. He kept saying, "For my money, one of the best defensive boxers in Britain." Now, to my sort of, you, you called yours an untrained eye. I, w- I, would, you, I would, I would, I don't think that's a fair description of yours. So, to, to my sort of practiced eye. I, I, I was being sarcastic. He, he had a I lot of flair. Talk. He had a lot of flair but I wouldn't say with the best defensive boxer in Britain because of what you just said. Defense is more subtle and it's more textured and nuanced than people think it is. Mm-hmm. You know. Um so to me what I suspect Michael is you when you say what how do you put Sonny Edwards back together again you you've got more focus on what you would do with him in the gym and that re um that reprogramming kind of period more than, than whether he can fight this guy or that guy being important necessarily Please. next
1: hundred percent that's what they're gonna do first if he wants to have if he wants to have like a, a, a win the title and have a reign that goes along with it and 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 be respected for like I mean already he has all the respect that you could ask for uh, of a fighter he, he was he was gallant in defeat he was um, he accepted the results uh, he took shots like a champ he, You know what I mean? He did all. He respected himself. He, he respected his opponent 100% to him. Heart goes out for the loss. It's tough. The injury that's doubly tough. But now that he's going to come back, if he's deciding to come back, he certainly has to do things that are, um, that are different. Exactly. Yeah. Got to do it different. Got to. Once you become predictable in boxing, it's hell. That's it. Exactly. Hell. to get your number. Yeah, it is hell. It's the absolute worst profession on earth, <laughs> or one of the worst two anyway. Once they know what you're doing, once they know what you're capable of, once they understand, you, once they get your timing down, they get a beat on you, it's over. And if you don't have somebody always thinking about that and always thinking about, listen, this has got to change because they've seen this already. Every time. When 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 you go in to train for a fight, you're training, You're in camp for a, for six months. You best believe they, that the trainer, if the trainer is worth their salt, they've looked at you and they've seen all the habits and your tics and your reflexes and all the rest of that kind of stuff, and they're working specifically on those things. That's so it.
0: Every time you talk this way, I ask you the same question: Why don't you train professional fighters in in, in a really orchestrated way? Um,
1: I've never, I've never really been asked or sought after, but I've never really been out that way either. I've because never... you should be doing
0: it. I mean, Mike does it. Mike, Mike brings him for the amateurs, but he's in for the long haul. I'm sure when he gets a kid mm-hmm. who, who wants to turn over and he's invested in. So, so Silk, I get the fact that it's more immediately lucrative and reliable to do the PTs and the personal training. And you found your way of doing it. You know, you tend to have some delectable clients. I know that. But why don't you train fighters? Because I think you're needed in the game. I don't know if there's going to be an element of sacrifice involved in it, but I, that's the question I ask you.
1: Well, there is always there is always a sacrifice, is right, Mike? Always involved as a trainer, there's sacrifice because I mean, even just yeah. the, emotion, the, the emotional sacrifice is number one, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, the emotional sacrifice is time. You got to take time, and then the fighter doesn't want to run. It, it, it's it, it really affects the trainer too. It's it, it's that easy, yeah. and, and I respect uh, Michael's. Uh, opinion because i mean he knows what and he's correct but it takes but there's other factors is the fighter you know what i mean is you gonna you know, live up to it because you know yeah we're talking about certain amount of fighters but to make it to the top but it's but it's uh it's an ongoing process it's a
0: rocky road yeah and, and and you can invest a lot of time in a kid just to be disappointed because i know i saw the work you did with, with the kid that you were training when i was over there um Nate, you know, and I saw the amount of love and time and effort that went into that, that process and goes into yeah. it.
2: And it was so disappointing because, really, he still goes to the gym and he works out, but he didn't want to fight. You know what I mean? He wasn't into it. And, and talent, you see the talent, but, but you know, he was just not, you know, he just didn't want to box. And uh, so, you know, uh, and I'm working with other fighters, other fighters that have that, but they don't have his talent. But they do you know they
1: they they work and they got young kids coming up but you know it's it's hard you know when um, they're gonna they're always it always happens ten years from now when they can't do it anymore and they say i wish I would have they come back to you and they they start off every sentence with i wish yeah <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. i wish you would have made me i wish I would have that uh, i should have definitely. and it's just yeah I, you know I'm old enough uh, like I'm sixty now I've heard it a number of times in a number of different aspects from a number of different people. And and that's it's kind of frustrating. I've worked with some guys, you know what I mean? Like like
2: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile, from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones. Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by
1: going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Not necessarily peripherally, but very intensely in short periods. And I'm the kind of individual that, like, I'm a hardliner. I want it a certain way because I know that if you do it that way, it it will bring you success. But at the same time, if there's a lot of people don't like the discomfort that comes along with being a fighter and the discomfort not enough getting hit because everything is about not getting hit from day one. And, but, but the pressure of not, the pressure of doing things to make sure a guy doesn't get hit sometimes is harder than, you know, a guy getting hit for, I'll give you an example, like in a fight, once you get tired, right. You're okay. Like, it's almost like you're okay with getting hit. You'd rather get hit than move. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like you and that happened to Sonny.
0: I think that happened to Sonny at one point, by the way. Yeah.
1: yeah. You do this thing in your mind. you just like, oh, I just can't move anymore. So I'm going to. Fatigue messes up everything. Once fatigue sets in, you get tired. Anything. Well, you, you... What do you make of what Gil
0: Clancy said during the hagler Lennon fight when he reckoned Ray was flagging a bit in the mid rounds? He said, you know, Tim, when you get tired, you're a little bit of puncher too because you're flat footed. I-, I wasn't sure about that. What do
1: you think? Mm, yeah, I'm not sure about that myself. That, yeah. Well, a
2: lot of times, what you do, you surrender. You surrender. You know your defensive skills. You surrender. You say, you know what? It, you know, you, you know, you put the, the the blade in your mouth and says, you know, to the death. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're already tired. You're already, you know exhausted. Yeah. And you're really, Custer's, you know, what I mean, it's what you call last a last stand. Yeah. <laughs> Custer's Custer's Ali, last by the time. way,
0: says it's great to see Mike on the show. I've watched his classic with Danny Lopez so many times. So you are yeah. never gonna stop getting reminded at that fight, Mike. You're never gonna stop getting congratulated for your part <laughs> in that fight, I don't think.
2: No, no, thank you. now uh, but it's like it's like it's like Michael just said. I wish I wouldn't have uh uh I would have taken it more seriously, I would have been world ro- ro- champion. But what can you say? Well you know what I mean it's happened. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, you know, but that's when where you it look is. At your
0: upbringing, Mike, when you—I know your upbringing pretty well now. I'm privileged to have gone on that journey with you. Uh, You know that I've—I I heard a lot about your story, obviously. And when you look at your upbringing and how kind of crazy it was, you can't be blamed for not fulfilling your complete, your brilliant potential. I think. I think it's—it's it's a wonder that you achieved as much as you did. Is it fair to say,
1: mate? Mate, and yes. also... So Go I ahead, Michael. You, I wanted to ask you a question on top of that as well, but maybe I should let you answer that because it's it's too much. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead.
2: Go. On. Yeah, that's your question.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you what if you had one regret, if one thing could have changed your destiny that you would have gotten to a one-year world title, what would you have changed? What do you think was a missing link that stopped you from hitting that?
2: Drug addiction.
1: Ah, uh, okay.
2: Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, if I would have, uh, see, the ingredient BAM is clean cut. All you know, don't ever start doing any you know, clean cut. I uh, like the upbringing, you know. Uh, you know, it's going to say no. You know, you gotta say no.
1: Yeah, that's. Uh, Make it simple, and, nice. And, and the simple. wildest, and the wildest thing is knowing how to say no. Where does that come from? That comes from like your parents. Like your parents have to teach you. Like the, what happens with a lot? Of, I had an authoritarian parent. You know, both and, my and parents. What with an authoritarian parent is they don't teach you how to say no. They teach you how right to say yes. And exactly. And everything. Anyone with authority, anybody, whatever, they're teaching you to say yes. Authoritarian parents, like you, can grab their behavioral traits, and you can afterwards, and you can be the same kind of authoritarian. (coughs) But they're definitely hurting your potential and anything else because they're not empowering you. They're they're you end up hiding stuff
0: that doesn't go with their regime. I guess
1: exactly.
2: Well, it's hard being a parent, and sometimes you know you're a disciplinarian, like my father was, and stuff. But there was no compassion. A lot of times, you know, you're gonna make mistakes, and you gotta have compassion teach him, you know, and, uh, but that's the way it is. You know what I mean? It happened. And, uh, my, yeah. pro- you know, I'm not going to sit here and blame my parents. Yeah. You know, uh, they did the best they could. And, uh, that's it's the way process. it is. It's a you process. Know what I mean? It's a process. Revolution. There's a process. And no one's perfect. Look, none of my kids did drugs, but then again, you know what I mean? I wasn't a perfect parent. And, uh, you know it's hard it's hard to uh to uh to say you know who's what's a good parent and what's a bad parent and the thing is that you know what i mean you know uh, you just gotta just just do the right thing that's all
1: yeah yeah i mean i can go deeper but i won't <laughs> huh cool yeah you're learning
0: silk because yeah i think there's you know what Somebody you have any tried... children
1: silk yes i have two boys two boys how old are they yeah. and they are uh, one's 27 and he's a captain in the marines actually marines ground oh well and, you did great they're doing good yeah they're doing good and and um my younger one is uh in physical therapy he study he went to he graduated brooklyn uh college and so he oh yeah
2: would be right there in brooklyn stuff they're good kids good parenting they never yeah. did you know they, that's awesome my hats off to him you know yeah, what i mean yeah, that's great
1: Job. They done, most of it is because of their mom but I can get a little bit of it I can get. no you, no, you got to give them a lot of credit give you a lot of credit awesome no, awesome thanks. job but, but you know how that works it's kind of like if if you're conscious of of what's happened in your relationships with your parents then you're a little bit more conscious and a little bit more ahead of it when you come to your children you know what I mean Like, and that's right. how it generationally gets better you just continue to keep making steps you know, towards getting better. I mean, it's hard to be conscious of something like that. But if you know what your, if you know what your um, majeite is, if you know what, if you know what eats away at you and what stops you from sleeping or, or or causes certain behavioral traits that you don't like in yourself, then it's, it's easier to kind of like turn to help you, to be there for your kids, I guess, basically, is putting them first is, is what, where it counts. Yeah, if you put them first and not yourself. It's not about your emotions or how you're feeling. Which, now.
0: which obviously, that was a big thing. I, I suspect when you were growing up, well, both of you, but you, Mike, uh, with with your father, it was about what he wanted you to achieve on his but on his behalf for his legacy. Who we got there? <laughs> Who we got there in the background, Laura?
2: Man, I it. it's uh, Laura and her her mom. They're they're told i are not going to have dinner. <laughs> okay, we, we
0: we got we got to let the cycl cyclone go, uh, Mike. What what dinner?
2: What what are you having for dinner?
0: Texas barbecue.
2: Oh, oh yeah, we're making short ribs with uh, oh, uh yeah. short ribs with uh with with the green beans and stuff and all that barbecue. We got them in the oven, getting ready for
1: the game. Um, yeah, yeah um, who uh, Dallas? They do Do they play tonight? Yeah, yeah. The Cowboys. They they're playing uh um.
2: What is it? Uh, I tell you right now. Hold on, they're playing. Uh, yeah, Buffalo. They're playing in New- uh, Buffalo, oh, New that's York.
1: Right. Oh, that's the Sunday night game. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be good. No, okay. no, no.
2: Three twenty-five. They're playing now. The game is on now. Okay.
1: Sorry. Oh shoot! Sorry, but Okay. That. okay. So, no, right, no, it's it
2: okay. On. No, it's all right. No, no it's let cool. Me wrap it for those it's
1: reasons. cool. Listen, by
0: the way, tell Laura I miss that cinnamon coffee. I miss waking up in SA. Did you and put? that have uh, I coffee think of you just
1: some music on. So what? Did You just turn some music on?
0: No, you just interrupted me again, though. If that's any good.
2: Oh. You're talking about the Cinnabon coffee.
0: Yeah, I was trying to talk about cinnamon coffee. You get, what what kind of thing is it when you can't even talk about cinnamon coffee? Well, it's coffee a bread. It, well, you can not buy it.
2: You can buy it. You, okay, you ever been? You've been to the airport? You know the Cinnabon, Cinnabon, uh, uh, the 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 Cinnabon pretzels or yeah, the yeah, Cinnabon, yeah. uh. Yeah. yeah, Cinnabon. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they make a coffee. Cinnabon cool. coffee.
0: I look for it. I've got to get that Korean tea too, all right, Silk? But um, listen, <laughs> Mike, Mike, it's, it's always a pleasure to see you. It, it's brilliant to have you on the show again. Um, thank you so much for giving us your time. I bid you a good afternoon with your folks. I hope the Cowboys win. And, uh, that hey, was a great honour. Don't forget, go
1: Raiders. Go Raiders.
0: Guys, I hope you enjoyed this show. It appears you did looking at the viewership and the comments. Please subscribe to Sugar, Silk & Stretch on YouTube if you haven't done already. You can like the videos if you want. I haven't figured out what advantage there is to us in you liking them yet. I know we want subscribers. I know we want views. Be lucky. Keep punching.
2: Thank you for having me on, guys. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone
2: seen the bride and groom?